Hey bro, you wanna collab? Hello! I'm not quite sure how to open this episode, but it is time for episode 18 of Extra Reverb. It's me, World Famous Secret, back again with Sweet Tuesday, a.k.a. Coker, and Lucid Domino, a.k.a. <laughs> Jacob. Say hello. Fart! The Impala Twin is $800. The Aphex Twin is an electronic musician. True. Both true. Okay, well... Is the Apollo Twin only really useful just because it's a nice interface so, like, it handles, like, signals better? Or is there, like, extra features? I was like, whoa, the Apollo Twin is epic. What's the UAD, isn't it? By Universal Audio? That means that it processes... It has, like, a separate processing chip for plugins, right? Yeah, it does. With real-time UAD, it says. 24 uh, 192 uh, uh, hertz... Sample rate, yeah. Yeah. There's your um, extra features right there. We should both get an Apollo Twin. I was this close to getting a uh, a Zoom like digital interface instead of the one I got, the Behringer one. I have a Zoom. Well, not like no, not it's not like a mic. It's not like a mic. It literally was like you could plug up a microphone. It it worked as like a mixer. It was like a digital mixer. Like it could actually like. I could use the sliders to actually control stuff in Logic. Mm-hmm. And, mm. like, I could also use it as a microphone so I could plug up my microphones and stuff into it. Maybe you should have. And I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't get it, honestly, because it was really cool. But um, I, I, there was the paranoia that it wouldn't work with, like, modern Logic because it was pretty old. Mm-hmm. I mean, MIDI is MIDI. It was just running off MIDI, right? I don't know. It probably was. You probably should have gotten it. But anyways, all right. It's like you basically called Coker a Dumbo and said we have to move on. Okay, Tremello. Oh, you should have gotten it. <laughs> Tremello. I, was defending, I was defending you, Coker. So. All right, but anyways, so... Uh, yeah, do you want to talk about we're that, We're going by to the be... Way? What? Tremello? Yeah. Last episode, Jacob said... Jacob pronounced Tremello like Tremello... And temporarily convinced both of us that Tremolo is spelled with two E's. Like <laughs> my bad guys. This morning Yeah, it's not. It's spelled like Tremolo. Tremolo. Yeah, it's spelled it's spelled Tremolo. Tremolo Olo Olo Eh eh, eh. No one can touch my Tremolo. Ella Ella. I'm singing, singing, and now I'll play my violin, lullin'. Sorry. We start off so lively in the podcast, and then by the end, we're just like, yeah. I'm tired. I hate this podcast. I'll see you guys next month, because Coker I'm gonna go can never start record. The, I'm going to leave and start the fart podcast. Let me, let me tell you, Coker, I work a full-time, 40-hour-a-week job, and I can make it every week while you're like, oh, no, I'm at the lake for the next seven months. I'll see you guys then. Yeah, but guess what? I can't record at the okay, lake. Okay, tell me, tell the me, tell me, tell me. Wi-Fi. Tell me when you're home. When you're home, when you get off of work, where do you go? In my room. Yeah, where? What is, does your room have? All your stuff in it, like all the equipment and stuff used to record. Um. Does it? Does it? Possibility. Yeah, d- my lake house doesn't. Well, that's why. 
just bring your recording stuff with you. I don't. No, I'm not a bringing a whole. A mic. Not, what else do you need, Coker? Uh, well, other no. than the interface, obviously. Plus, plus, I'd record it in my room, and there's no acoustics, and there's terrible acoustics in the whole building. I mean, the first episode of Extra Reaver was recorded at my lake house, and literally, I uh, the first thing Austin said to me was like, mm, "Where did you record this at?" <laughs> Mm, Why did you record e- this at? Just EQ Coker? your just EQ yourself next time. And I was like, like, you can't EQ out the acoustics of my lake house. You can't. It's terrible. Well, I'd rather you make the effort, and we could at least have a good episode where your vo- voice isn't the best, than a no episode where your voice is not the best either, because you're just not there. Am I wrong? Hey. I didn't, if y'all had just said, nah, we're not doing a break, I would have been fine. I would have been like, okay, I'll just come home whenever I need to record. But no, you guys were like, yeah, let's agree to it, but then give Coker crap for the rest of the summer. Because <laughs> he was, you're gone the entire summer. And you let me. You said, you said, <laughs> no, you we said, did yeah, it. we tried to record yes! like twice, and you're like, nah, I'm at the lake. Yeah, because I am. How can you be at the lake every day, Coker? Tell me that. No, literally, my parents, we stayed at the lake. Uh, They were literally, like, I literally spent a whole month at my house by myself because my parents stayed at the lake the whole summer. They've been at the, they were at the lake since May. And then they didn't come back until, like, early August. Sounds like a... Epic. Sounds fake to me. It's true. It's true. Do you have any evidence to back up this claim? Yeah, the fact that I told you guys every single time you want to record, yeah, I'm at the lake. Oh, fair enough. Uh, well. <laughs> the nerve. I apologize. The nerve on this For man. trusting you. Shut up. Forehead. Okay, but enough of bullying Jacob and Coker. First off, why aren't you even bullying me? I'm kind of pleasantly surprised. But second off. My cousin is stupid. Second off, uh, Billy Corgan get it. We're going to be continuing the featured artist segment from last week, and this week we have a new artist that Coker oh, wants to talk about. So go yeah. ahead, bring him forth. Okay, so this group I'm going to be talking about is called Silver Chair, and in Australia, which is where they're from, I, you know, like I probably would have already known about this band, but because I'm in the states, I never had heard of this band until about a week ago, and. It's, you know, uh, they were really young. Like, they were, I think, so, okay, so in short, they, in the early, they started the group in, like, the early 90s, when they were still, like, in middle school, and then by 1994, which was when they were, like, 15, they had already had, like, a number one hit in Australia, and, like, they, basically, they, they entered in a competition on some local Australian TV show and their little demo tape of this song called tomorrow ended up winning the competition. And because of that they got to record it and it went number one in Australia and they were only 15 at the time. Then that same year they re-record it for the United States. They sent it over here. It got released and it went triple platinum over here and they were still only 15. And when was this? 1995. I wasn't even born. And neither they, was I. Yeah, and it became the it was actually that year it was the most played song on alternative radio. Alternative, huh? Yeah, like alternative. Like what do you run, mean? 
like alternate alternative like alternative yes alternative we've all rock been wondering like this that. for a long time and now i i finally get the chance to ask you please explain what exactly makes alternative rock alt you know yeah like what makes it alternative basically it's when it's I don't really know how to say it. It's not indie per se, but it's not. It, it's basically when it's not the norm, when it's not what everybody like. For example, like Queen and like Boston and Guns N' Roses, that wouldn't be alternative because that's the general rock that everybody thinks of. But Nirvana and groups, nir, groups like Nirvana and Alice in Change and Smashing Pumpkins and Rage Against the Machine, those are alternative because they're not. They're not the definition of what, you know, they're not like the standard rock that everybody, well, Nirvana, but you know what I mean? Like they're not, they're, they break away from that whole idea. That's alternative. It's basically, it literally is what it says. Alternative rock. It's all, it's the, it's not the normal rock that you hear. It's the alternative stuff. I mean, and to be fair, it's sort of become, it's not really applied to that term anymore. It's now sort of become like a just genre on its own, but it's so broad that it's just it's a it's it's got it, you can't really explain it. I hate to say that there really is no true definition of what alternative is. It's just it maybe it's basically when you don't want your song to have the rock label on, it, you put alternative nowadays. That's what it is. Wow. Yeah, that's what it's become. But back then, it used to actually be like alternative music. Let me ask you something that's a little off topic. Have you ever played? Uh, GTA 5, Coker. Yeah. What is your favorite radio station on there? <laughs> What's the one with all the 80s songs on it? I forgot. I haven't played GTA 5 in years. Uh, not sure. It's like, it's, I don't remember. I'm sorry, I don't remember. Um, but well, no. If the audience wonders what mine's is, it's Radio Mirror Park. Okay, well, guess what, Jacob? I'm going back to the topic. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, buddy, you're stupid. We're going back to the topic. No, but um, back to like what I was saying about Silverchair. Uh, so they released that song tomorrow, and it went triple platinum over here. And like I said, it was there were only fifteen, and they ended up releasing an album called Frog Stomp that same year that also went up the charts. It was number one in Australia, and believe it or not, Silverchair is actually the only group in Australia to win multiple Australian Music Awards. They like I think it's the ARIA, that's what their whole thing is called over there. And they they're the only group that's won multiple and they've only won two. Interesting. Yeah, so Australia's pretty picky then, huh? Yeah. Or fickle, <laughs> I should say. So they released that album and it blew up and so they had to start touring and everything and performing everywhere. And then they released a second album in nineteen ninety seven called Freak Show. Uh, by the way, I forgot to mention Frog Stomp had a couple singles from it. It had Tomorrow, which is the big one, Israel's Son, uh, Pure Massacre, and sh- uh, I think it's called Shadow. I think it's, I believe it's called Shadow. Those were the four singles that got released. And so then ne- the 1997, they released Freak Show, which is a- another fantastic. It's it, These two albums were mainly grunge inspired. That's the thing to remember. Like they they said in interviews and stuff that they tried to sound like Black Sabbath and stuff, but that didn't help because a lot of people kept comparing him to Nirvana. Yeah, because well, for one, they sounded like Nirvana, and two, they had a similar like band to Nirvana. Like the lead singer was the guitarist who was also you know like Dirty Blonde, 
and then you had the drummer who had really long hair and then it was just a trio you know like that was the whole thing and it led to people comparing them to nirvana which the band members didn't really like because it's not like they didn't like nirvana it's just they didn't want they didn't want to they wouldn't want to be tied to that they didn't want to be stuck with that label so then they released freak show and that song had two two big they had a bunch of singles from it but the two that are biggest are freak and abuse me and I, I do believe I've heard that that album went on to help inspire a lot of emo rock, you know, like math rock and stuff like that, but not really to a huge scale, I will say. And then in 1999, they re- they changed up their sound completely and released, uh, they released Neon Ballroom. And that album re- deals with a lot of, because so the lead singer, Daniel Johns, he had been battling like anorexia prior to the recording of it. And he had almost like even quit the music industry altogether. Cause he was just, it was just stress from like, you know, being a teenager and having all that thrust upon you. And so he wrote the whole albums basically about that, including the song that the big single from it, Anna's song, which is the one that I sent to Austin and Jacob. Um, that song's about, he basically took like anorexia and personified it into a girl named Anna. And that's why the song's called Anna's Song. And Anna Chung. That's what, yeah. And yeah, in short, that was that, those were their big three albums. Or big, wait, yeah, big, those were their first big three albums. And then about 2001, they sort of drifted off into more of a pop style direction, you know? And then the group, like, basically disbanded after that. They released, like, one last album in 2007, but. They've said that they've been. They basically announced that they were going on indefinite hiatus right after. So yeah. Um, the thing I say, the thing that you know has always shocked me about it, though their stuff is like, is how good the instrumentation is on it. You know how good the instrumentals are, because you hear it and you would not think it's a bunch of teenagers who are a garage band playing on it. Because there's genuinely, like, like you hear them singing too and it's it just sounds like something that would have been you know coming from someone who had been in the music industry already but no it's from three 15 year olds who started off as a garage band in australia we should do it we should do it we should we should try that no but um yeah i I sent you guys the song what did you guys think of it it was all right it kind of reminded me of lifehouse you know, Lifehouse, the band that did that song, Hanging by a Moment? Yeah, yeah. That's what it reminded J- me of. Jake. Their vocal style reminded me of the All-American Rejects, so I thought that was kind of cool. Really? Yeah, at least from the song I heard. Yeah, I guess so. I think that... Um, I'm listening. The thing about it is, is the guy changed up his vocals a lot. Like, in the first album, you'll hear it. If I, I'll, I'll send it probably later so you guys can hear it. On the first album... He um he sound he he's clearly trying to do like a Pearl Jam type sound you know he's singing like the, how every alternative band sang back then you know like like he that's how he's singing on that first album it's good though but um and then by the second album he's singing more like like I would argue that a lot of their stuff definitely helped contribute to like the way that alternative rock started sounding like the two thousands with like Jimmy Eat World. And like yeah. all those different groups from that whole era, not Green Day because Green Day always sounded like Green Day, 
And they were from they were well, like, Green Day is more pop punk, I would say. Yeah. Well, no, I'm still I'm just saying like a lot of their sound came from a lot of their sound inspired that. And then you listen to like the stuff that Daniel Johns did after he left. Like uh like so that first like so for example, he did an album with a guy named Paul Mack called The Disassociatives, and that straight up like I feel is like sort of the a proto version of like the pop sound we have today. Like it, it genuinely like sounds like that stuff. And he was doing that back in 2004. And then in 2015, he released an album that just is full on pop. Like if it, like it literally is, he, he's not even trying to fake it now. He's literally doing like pop music now. Right. And it actually went and it's, it's popular in Australia. He's really like in America, they sort of, you know, died down a little bit, but in Australia, they're still huge. Like, they're really, you know, like like I said, you know, like they they're the only group to win the uh, area award like two times. They're the only people to win it multiple times, and it was for like their first and their third album. I think Anna's song made them win the third, the second one, and then Tamara made them win the first one, and then he won. He's won even more awards. He won an MTV Music Award or an MTV Music Award, yeah, for the video that he did for the Disassociatives, like that he did on that. So, you know, like they're in Australia, they're like an award winning super group over there. But anywhere else, you know, like alternative people remember them, but not really anyone else. And it's sort of crazy <laughs> because literally, like you think about it, they had a triple platinum selling single over here and then they had even more success after that. They weren't a one hit wonder. And then come the 2000s and they're, you know, not a lot of people remember them anymore. And why do you think that is? Why do you think people don't remember them? Well, I think it's just because they, I think it's because they came around when that alternative stuff was, I think it's because in America, people really only listen to them for the rock stuff. And I hate to say that, but I feel like that's true. They only really mm. came here to listen for like the alternative, like the grunge and then the later sort of punkish sort of tone of like the later albums. But then in like 2001, when they started doing like the more Elton John's-esque like pop music, then I think people really just sort of were like, okay, yeah, no, nah, they're not doing the same thing anymore. We're done. And, but in Australia, of course, it wasn't that way. They were like, oh, look, it's Supergrass. Or it's, I almost said Supergrass. That's a different band that I also really like. Silverchair. They said, oh, wow, look, it's Silverchair. They made this amazing pop album. Let's buy it. And it went like number one over there, you know? So I think, it, I think it's just because in Australia, they were more, they more bought into it for the people. They bought into it because they were an Australian band and that because, you know, they were interested in the band members and they were, more, you know, but in America, they bought into it because it was alternative rock when alternative rock was huge. Yeah. And then the minute that was gone, it was like, okay, well, we're done. So you're saying they only, they only really had success in America because of a trend? It's not necessarily a trend, but sort of like that. Yeah. More like, of an anomaly. <laughs> not really an, an anomaly. Whatever. Jacob, you're an anomaly. Who told you about that? My cousin, Tom DeLong. Hey, your cousin's pretty cool. He knows you're an alien, bro. He found out. Bro, what? Bro. He looked at me, he said, 
He said, nobody's going to pronounce, trim- nobody pronounces it Tremelo. He's got to be an alien. <laughs> Tom DeLong message Coker. <laughs> it was like, yeah, no one pronounces Tremolo like that. He just he's DMs me. He DMs me and he's like, yo, I've been keeping up with the podcast. Why does Jacob say Tremolo like that? <laughs> he's got to be an alien, bro. Be worried. He's got to be an alien. Just trust me. I've seen him before. Watch out for him, man. Don't Dude, let him yo, know. That's funny. Don't let him- it's funny because we joke about how like Billy Corgan is Jacob's cousin and how Tom DeLong's my cousin. Billy Corgan swears he's seen a shapeshifter and Tom DeLong says he's seen aliens. Very interesting. At least Tom DeLong has more <laughs> evidence to his claim. Just I know. I don't know why. I, I, like, like Billy Corgan literally said he was like, oh yeah, I was at a party and I saw some dude walk into the bathroom and then he walked out and he looked completely different. I swear I saw a shapeshifter. And it, it's like, you probably were high. <laughs> I was going to say that it was probably on. <laughs> and no, like he says, and he says, he's, he, he says, he goes, he, you know, he's like, well, yeah, I wasn't on drugs. And it's like, you were, you had to be, there's no way, unless you were so tired, unless you were sleep deprived, you, there's no way you weren't on drugs. If you saw that. Or someone else was in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he didn't think, like, oh, well, there must be someone in the other bathroom. No, he's like, shapeshifter. <laughs> he, it's like there's two people in the bathroom, and he sees one of them in there, but then another guy leaves, and he just swear like, it's a shapeshifter. And while he's turned around, the other person walks out the bathroom. <laughs> he has, like, binoculars and everything. He's just staring at this hey, Billy Corgan just sitting, no, Billy Corgan's just sitting in, like, a bush with like a ghillie suit on everything. He's like, I'm looking for the shapeshifter. <laughs> I will find the shapeshifter. This is the story of the shapeshifter. No, he, he, no, he's just sitting in there and Tom DeLong comes down. He's like, it's making it look like it's Tom DeLong. And Tom sees him with this ghillie suit. He's like, it's an alien. I knew it. He's like, it's an alien. <laughs> you know, I just looked up Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan is six foot three and Tom is six foot four. Yeah. But they're basically the same height. Yeah, nah, Billy Corgan's part of the bald guys club, too. Yeah. He's got a big old shiny dome. He That's funny. Someone, he was on Joe Rogan. He was on the Joe Rogan experience one time, and someone said, he said, man, you can look at their heads and see how many lights are in the room. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Joe Rogan's bald, too. So he's like, man, you can look at their head. You can no. look at their heads and see the lights, see how many lights are in the room. <laughs> True. Oh, uh, dude. Well, anyways. Whew, man, that's funny. Speaking of, uh, I'm trying to transition here and I am failing. In Help short, to end out. it all, in short, to end this little bit off, Supergrass is a great group. Or I said Supergrass again. I meant to say Silverchair. Supergrass is good too, but Silverchair, that's the featured one. Check out Silverchair. They're great. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, but anyways, we're going to talk about Paper Jams now. Does anybody oh, remember Paper Jams? Baby, I had I'm not talking about I'm not talking about an actual Paper Jam inside of a printer. No. The other day, I was just yeah. I just suddenly remembered, you know, there used to be paper/cardboard guitars sold in like Walgreens or something that you could actually play. And they would make music or something. Yeah, no, I had all of them. I had the drum one. I had the bass one. I had the yeah, guitar and one. Drums and my cousin still has the guitar one, but he's up in North Carolina. I don't feel like driving four hours to go get it. I thought you live in North Carolina. I'm in South Carolina, you idiot. You get it swapped Wait, every time. That's that's real. That's 
I feel bad for you. Okay. But anyways, uh <laughs> I heard the fart. I heard the fart. Jacob played the fart and I heard it. I heard it through his mic. How can you hear it? How can you hear it through his mic? Is it leaking? I guess it was le- it leaked a little bit. And it just it was from it, my I phone. Heard oh, it was from I it. my phone. I heard oh. it though. I'm actually like the way I'm recording because Austin because my mic was pointing towards my computer, but I didn't want to set up the MacBook, so I'm just like I'm away from my computer. I can't even touch my computer from where I'm at. Nice. Okay, so uh, paper jams. <laughs> we paper all remember jams. them. Of course we do. It's our favorite instrument in the world. Jacob, we should have called our punk rock group Paper Jams. Why not? What if it's copyrighted? Surely there's a band. What if, what if it's copy? Let's find out. I'm going to look I'm gonna look at a paper, paper jams, and I'm going to do the, the, Google, you know, cool, the cool Google hack you can do, parentheses, band. I'm still, I'm still working on that song, Coker. It's just like I'm really busy on a Lucid Domino song right now. Uh, yeah, there's already a band. Uh, let's just bomb them. It's not called Paper Jams, but it's called it's called Paper Jam. Yeah, just bomb them. We'll we'll get our we'll get our cousin Tom DeLong on the phone. He'll go hit him up and be like, "Yo, what the heck, man? Aliens exist." And he'll be like, "Oh, okay." We'll go to them, them and f- fart on them, and then they'll be like, <laughs> oh, "Okay, you can have the name." Wait, is aliens Bill- exist? Now give me that name. Yeah, uh, no, I'm gonna be like, "Buzz, look at alien." And I just steal the name. Yeah, Paper Jams. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was supposed to be Woody's laugh. Um, what did we pay Tom DeLong off to give us the name Blink One Eighty Two? No, no. Just imagine it's Tom DeLong and it's Billy Corgan, and he Tom DeLong's like, Billy, look at Billy, look a shapeshifter. He's like, what? He's like, ah. <laughs> I love, I love this idea that like Billy Corgan and Tom just mess with each other. <laughs> Billy Corgan. I'm how like, oh shapeshifters, oh oh a UFO. And Tom's like, where? <laughs> it's just you see to the both of them in a parking lot like freaking out like where is it where is and, and, it and then someone from across the parking lot like like third like you know 50 feet away is like aren't those two people famous aren't they in different bands what are they what are they doing oh my <laughs> god freaking out i feel like billy corgan and tom along wear like flame pattern crocs i want to if i want to invent a new instrument it's called half a monster can and you just hit it with a pencil like this. That hurt my ears, but that's amazing. Did you like that? I think it has some potential. Anyways, um, so Paper Jams. I was just watching some videos of people playing these, and uh, <laughs> I still don't really get how they work. Do either of you two know how they how they work? I, ha- they I honestly don't sound. have a clue, but it's interesting. What is the monster can? Like how they actually get triggered to play? Of what? No, the paper jams. Where have you been? I was just talking about my instrument, and you say, man, I don't get how to play it. So I kind of figured you were, uh, you know. But then again, Discord cuts out half the time. The audio sounds like absolute dookie, though. From paper jams? Yeah. <laughs> it's so compressed. It sounds like it, it sounds like you, like when you, it sounds like you guys ever played, um, the Guitar Hero version, the DS version of Guitar Hero. Yes. World That's what it sounds like. It sounds like that. <laughs> Dude, that, that game was awesome on a real note. Uh, yeah. I, I remember the, the funniest thing is how the, there's like the only stems that are out there of, um, shoot, what's the song? It's the one Red Hot Chili Pepper song 
was like I can't remember the name of it but you you guys just heard that and probably know the song what I'm thinking of but like the only stems that exist for that song are from that game so it's just really like bit crushed <laughs> and people have to use those stems if they want to do like if any they want to yeah, or something they have to use it so it just all and, sounds and like people are like well I'm a genius I found those stems and the people listening to it are like oh it's from that's from guitar that's from guitar hero how about okay speaking of like bit crushing how about I saw a really interesting video on how they managed to get so you guys know Pokemon yellow right yeah I played like that. the like the one Pokemon game that has like Pikachu in it and you yep, like it has no color it's a no that's like the first Pokemon game I think no, that no. The first one was like red, green, and blue, but no, I'm pretty yellow, sure it's yellow, man. No, no, yellow was the last one, dude. There's no way. Yeah, yellow was the last one that came out. Let me look it up. But um, they have in the game in the game. If you look at like Pikachu and like press A, it it'll like talk, and it also does it on the opening screen. And I actually looked up how they did it, and you, so the game it basically. Oh, they compressed it down to one bit. Like oh, this I gotta hear. Yeah, it's one bit audio. That's why it's so. That's it, that's how they compressed it to get it to fit in, and it's so it's so crazy because I didn't even think you could get. I don't even. Th- I never thought you could compress something that low and it would still work. Like I did not think one bit audio could be any bit like <laughs> understandable, but it is. And it's it's genuinely crazy to me, um, and you know, the, <laughs> and the, like <laughs> I'm listening to it now. Yeah, it's so compressed. It sounds like somebody with a terrible mic on Roblox or something. Oof, oof. The crazy part is though, it's like you know, it probably took so much like programming to actually get it to work. What is this on again? The original Game Game Boy. Boy? The OG Game Boy. I see. Like, if it was Game Boy Color, it probably would have been a bit... Not too much, but it would have been a bit easier because the Game Boy Color has better hardware. But, like, no. This is on the OG gray four shades of pute green Game Boy. And they managed to get one bit... The fact that they got one bit audio in and got 40 pieces of one bit audio is crazy. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I wonder how much space they ended up taking all those 40 pieces of audio couldn't be more than like a kilobyte man like i bet it took less than 100 kilobytes though yeah anyways (laughs) it's it's just insane man like working on that old hardware like yeah especially with the definitely an experience that's like there's one game i can't remember what game it was for the game boy color that actually had like an fmv sequence at the beginning of it and, like, I couldn't imagine the nightmare working on that. What's FMV again? Full motion video. Oh. Yeah, like, there's a guy who does videos on that stuff. He did a video, because he, he, there's a guy who did videos. He actually worked for Sega in, like, the 90s, and he did a video on, like, how they managed to get, like, because there's one Sonic game that has, like, a little 3D opening to it, and he actually did a video on how they managed to get that to work. And he also did a video on how they got, like, the music in Toy Story for Sega Genesis to work, too. Mm. It's really interesting seeing that old stuff because, you know, it's like, nowadays, if you want to do that, it's just like, bloop, bloop, put the notes in on a piano roll and make it a MIDI. Boom, you're done. 
Yeah. But back then, it, but back then, back then it was like, you know, like, oh yeah, I want to do a pad. So I have to put in three weeks of work. Like five weeks of work. Yeah. But anyways. All right. So that's interesting. We just went from paper jams to uh, Pokemon. Pretty nice. In conclusion, paper jams were very interesting. And I would not be surprised if, like, if somebody's performing on stage and they pull out a paper jam and the crowd goes wild because they remember them from when they were kids. Yeah, nah, dude. Imagine if the band was just all paper jams. Yeah. Like, the lead, the, all the guitarists are all doing it, bass is doing it, and then the drummer's just sitting in the back with a little paper jam on his lap. Like, I'm the real instrumentalist, pulls out a paper jam. I could see Adam Young going on stage with one of those and playing it and pulling it off somehow. Yeah, me too. Billy Corgan's in the corner like, how did you do that? Must be a shapeshifter. Must be a shapeshifter. Of course. <laughs> and, then, and then Tom Long's like, no, it's aliens. It's an alien. That's right. Billy Corgan and, and Tom DeLong are fighting over whether Adam Young is an alien or a shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame them. Personally, I'd be more inclined to agree with Billy because he appears to have vanished. So he's probably walking among us as a shapeshifter with a different face. Perhaps. You could also or see he's an alien, away. and maybe yeah, he went up. He went back yeah, with his home planet to do something. Flying some away in a UFO. True. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe that um, that footage that got caught in like May, that was Adam trying to get out of here. <laughs> no, that footage that got caught in May was a reflection off of Billy Corgan's head. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> you probably gonna. You, you might have to cut that one. I don't know. Nah, that was pretty funny. We're making. I mean, he makes jokes about it too. I doubt he cares. I don't think he cares that people joke he's bald. Like, I mean, come on. Nah, he literally, there's a video where he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I'm in the bald guy club. I don't want to be in the bald guy club. Oh, well. The thing is, he's bald by choice. He shaved his head. Yeah. Like me, a few months yeah. ago. Anyways, um, so now we're going to talk about something very, very different than what we have been talking about, and yet still related, because... We were talking about like bad audio quality with the uh, compressed Pikachu voice clips, Pika! and also the that and actually, also the paper that jams. Actually, sounded like it. How? I don't know. I, I I just I played that game a lot as a kid. I should hire him. I remember what you're talking about now, Coco. Like I I didn't hit me at first, but when when Austin said it right now, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was like. Pika! Dude, it was so terrible. It like was so bad. Jake, you didn't add it at all. Jake, if you ever watch, I mean, you're taking the voice actress for Pikachu's job, man. You're about to I'm take fine. it. I'm fine. I'm down for that. You know me, Dude, man. Dude, she's scared. She's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. A new you, a new opponent has entered the arena. <laughs> and, then, and then Billy Corgan catches light of this. He's like, he must be a shapeshifter. Of course. No, it's an alien. <laughs> it's an alien. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All the Pokemon are aliens, confirmed by Tom DeLong. No, they're shapeshifters because they they change. Or, how come are how come both our favorite artists are like crazy? I don't know why are <laughs> both of our favorite artists believe it like like Tom DeLong's over here like you guys I saw a UFO and Billy Corgan's like shapeshifter. <laughs> you guys cannot get over that. My shoe got soggy. It's the shapeshifter. <laughs> it was the shapeshifter. I stepped he's in a mud to, bottle. It was a shapeshifter. The shapeshifters messing up my life. Shapeshifters ruined my music career. Why do you guys think I'm not famous yet? Not famous yet. He's he's already been famous, bro. But speaking of bad audio quality, Jacob has found a video 
of someone who was not paid by Raycoms to review Raycoms earbuds. So if you haven't heard, a lot of YouTubers have been advertising Raycoms recently, and I think a celebrity was wearing them. I think Snoop Dogg. Yeah, okay, Snoop Dogg was wearing them. A lot them. of people have been sponsored And Cardi B. By, uh... and... Well, no, they wore them for the picture. I guarantee you the minute they got done, they were like, okay, let me yank these out. 100%. <laughs> they were probably uncomfortable and... Obviously, they sound terrible. Even AV, even AVGN, even like the angry video game nerd is being sponsored by Raycon now. I mean, everyone gets sponsored by Raycon. Um, apparently, apparently, nobody has made this joke yet. So uh, I'll just say it, even though I have no experience with these, so I don't know whether it's really true or not. But of course, you cannot spell Raycon without con. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, and now. And now Jacob Dang. will discuss this video that he brought forth. You, so, you're required. Honestly, you guys don't really need to watch the video, so I'm, I'm pretty much going to summarize it for you, but I do recommend it. This guy's hilarious about it. Uh, so just put up a picture of this frequency, uh, blah, frequency response curve on the on the screen just for a frequency response chart. It is abysmal. I, I would doubt there is any other pair of headphones in the world that has a chart like this. Now... As you'll see, there is pretty much absolutely no uh, mids. They're just they're just not really there. Uh, then there's a huge boost in the freaking bass range. It's ridiculous. And then for some reason, there's a nice little giant curve. I think around like eight thousand ish in the in the treble, and it's it's just it's just terrible. I've never owned Raycons myself, obviously. But He's an AirPod type of guy. I'm an AirPod Pro kind of guy. I'm sophisticated. Wah, wah. I mean, um, I'm looking I, at the frequency response now, and these things make Beats look like actual studio headphones. The, the thing is, and it's interesting too, Beats, Apple owns Beats uh, and AirPods, obviously, but I feel like they make the AirPod Pros better. Than the Beats, uh, what are they called? You know the the wireless earbuds. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah. Um, but at least they're not Raycons, man. They're just disgusting. Like I don't need to put them on to like just imagine how they you know sound. I know the build quality is also pretty bad. Is it? <laughs> From what I hear, yeah. Especially the case of it, it's just garbage. No, it's literally just a scam because they're always like. They're always sitting there, like all even you know. And I love AVGM, but I will say this: like he literally is sitting. He literally says in every ad. I mean, to be fair, he's probably being. It's probably written down for him to say, but he always says in the ads. He's always like these, despite their price, these are built amazingly. And it's like, yeah, they're not though. They are not. Yeah, they're not even good for the price. I bet. Uh, because they're still expensive. Like you can get cheaper wireless earbuds that sound and feel better than those. They genuinely like what? are a scam. Like what? Uh, they say in the the guy says in the video. If you give me two seconds, I can pull that up for you. No, I mean I'm on the video. Uh, he didn't link it in the description. He didn't. Ah, oh, crap. Or he do, he does say it in the video. He he bought another pair. Of different wireless earbuds, out only like fifty bucks compared to like the hundred and thirty-five the Raycons are somewhere around that price range. And he says they're significantly better in every shape and way. Anytime I heard an ad for these Raycons, the YouTuber that was doing the ad would always say, "These 
uh, earbuds have extended bass response. That was automatically a tip off to me that, yeah, it's going to be unnatural. It's going to be forced bass. If any earbud manufacturers boost up the bass, especially like that, it's a scam. They're just trying to make it sound better because it's boomier. So you're like, whoa, more bass? It sounds really cool. When really, they're just ruining the sound. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, that is what consumers want in their earbuds. They want to feel that bass. Because mm-hmm, consumers are stupid. No <laughs> offense, but you guys are stupid. You should want a flat frequency response. Okay, but that's that sounds like have you ever maybe heard a, maybe a little boost in the bass. Have that's you fine. ever heard the have you ever heard the phrase brutally honest? Yep. Versus beautifully honest? Yep. To get beautifully honest, you have to pay like at least $600. So most people would rather have a uh, beautiful lie than brutal honesty. Yeah, Austin and I but were... we're up. different because we make money listening to audio. Yeah. yeah. Yep. How much money you guys made I think recently? I've made 30 bucks this year off my music. Jacob? I don't know how much I made. I think I made like... I think about, I think I made around the same. 30 bucks, 20 bucks. Me too. I think the thing that weirds me out about the Raycons is you can look... the They're different in the left and right ears. Oh, the response? Yeah. They're like I mean, how much? How much? Like significantly different? In the pi- in the picture you sent, look, it if you look at the chart, he oh, says oh, oh, I see. The so like the thick line is the one that's in the middle. It's the flat one. But then the second one it says Raycon left, and the dashed one is like the cut up one is Ray right. And you can see the left and right ones have different frequency responses. Okay, well that's not too bad. I mean, that does happen with a lot of different headphones. They can't be they can't be like a hundred percent the same, like Yeah. I don't think that's possible. But there is a bit of a drop off in the base in the sub base on the right that's not in the left. That's a little bit uh off putting. But anyways, I mean you'll find that with most headphones, the left and the right are slightly different. But yeah, I mean th- these are probably more different than most headphones, I will say that. Yeah. It's it's so funny because so many of these ads that YouTubers are getting sponsored to do now turn out to be scams. Like, well, that's for, why they do those. Yeah. That's why they make them ads. That's <laughs> the only way someone would buy their products. If if a I will famous say, person on YouTube says it's good, I, I will say I actually did buy a Ridge wallet, and I will say it actually is pretty good. Ridge wallets are like the only one I've seen that actually aren't like scams. They're actually just, like decent. I'm not interested in Ridge wallet. I like my normal leather wallet. I'm one of those. Well, it's for it was it wasn't for me. It was for my brother, but I looked at it and it was pretty nice. Oh, okay. Then it's okay then. Yeah. I'm not saying all uh paid sponsors are bad or anything. I I'm not saying that. I'm just saying uh companies like Raycons will sponsor YouTubers advertise their product because that's the only way the product would be bought. Well, no, because Raycon they also had in, they had endorsements from like Snoop Dogg and Cardi B before that. Yeah. Uh, that's funny too. Whenever I guess whenever you open your your Ray, Raycons and you put them in your ear, they go like Raycons. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. Imagine like you have your AirPods, like ooh, my four hundred dollar pair of wireless earbuds. You stick it in your ear and it goes like, 
Earpods. Airpod pros. Every time you put it in your ear, you dude, throw dude, that on the if garbage. I, if I make a headphone and I'm a dude, if I ever make a head, like a set of headphones or a pair of earbuds that are branded for me, it's gonna I'm going to make, the, I'm gonna make no, no, it's going to, it's going to be Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated whenever you turn them on. <laughs> Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. I'd buy those. The Doofenshmirtz earbuds. Dude, did you Wake guys see the- No, dude, 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 the earbudinators. The earbudinators. The platypus. Look at the earbudinator. And Perry. <laughs> Perry the platypus. <laughs> that's, his, that's his Perry the platypus impersonation. Perry the platypus. Look at that. Eraycon, Joy. Eraycon. Dude, dude, Perry would be on a mission that uh, Major Monogram would send him to go buy those himself. Ma- like, good morning, AJP. Good morning, the mission today is to go and purchase <laughs> some of Doof's earbudinators. My uh, Raycons don't sound that good. Carl, why did you buy me these Raycons? Ah, Perry the Platypus, the frequency range of my earbuds is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> There's no bass, ah. <laughs> No bass compared to the Raycons. <laughs> All right, that was fun. <laughs> Anything else you want to say on Raycons? Not on Raycon specifically, other than just like don't buy them, like don't be an idiot. Uh, but Austin and I, a little while back, we're talking about I wanted to get uh professional like in ear monitors, like like something like an artist would use, like on stage, and it's like they look kind of weird, and they are really expensive. But man, those are like the type of earbuds you want to get if you want earbuds and you want them to sound f- more than fantastic. My thing is, is like. I've known for the longest time that beats sound like absolute garbage, dude. I don't know, man. Like I've they listened leak. to I'm no I'm no audiophile or anything, and I haven't listened to beats specifically in a little while. Beats leak. But I never had any like real complaints with beats. But then again, it could be that deception of like adding bass. Because boosting the bass makes you think it sounds better. Yeah. It's more it's boomier, there's more volume. You think, man, it's better. But you don't think like, oh, but the clarity isn't there. Right. You know, where's my where's my mids? Where's my vocals? It, it kind of yeah. it's out it's out it's not you know the bass outshines it, and it's, you got to keep that in mind, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, and like, but the thing is, like, old beats are fine. I've I had a pair of beats from like the year they started making them. There, those were fine. But like, I'm talking like now, like starting in like 2016, they just went down the crapper, dude. Beats suck now, honestly. I talked about like the studio, the wireless studio threes. Any of them, any of them, dude. I was They're actually not looking, worth it. I was actually, I was actually get, looking get at a pair, pair of them the other day because get I a pair get of audio technicas for working out. Get up, get they make the the headphones that I have on my head right now. The AT the ATHs. Yeah, M fifties. They have wireless versions of these. Are these AT? What, what model are these? I have the ATH M50Xs. They make wireless versions of these. You can buy Bluetooth versions of these headphones, and they're so much better than any of the crap you're going to get from 90% of the like headphone brands. Which that are one is it again? The ATH M50Xs, and they make a Bluetooth version. Yeah, I was looking at these before I got my AKG K40s. I might pick Bro, AK47, that's not cool. Yeah. Fart, but the M50s are closed back, right? Yep. Mama sofa. They're cheaper than they're cheaper than uh Beats, like significantly too. Yo, mama sofa. Which doesn't surprise me because Beats are owned by Apple, man. Like that's no secret. I be rocking them Beats. Boom boom pow is a good song. Okay, but anyways, uh, so unless you have anything else to talk about, 
let's move on. <laughs> we have a mixing technique for today called macro EQ. Do you guys know what macro EQ is? Nope. Nope. You want to guess? Yes. It's very, is this, let me guess, is it small EQ? Small? Or is it big EQ? Macro. Oh. I guess it's big EQ? To an extent. No, he means it's a it's a macro EQ. So it's like macros, so it's like you press a button on your keyboard and it goes, wah, 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 wah. Is, huh? Is it McDonald's EQ? Go to McDonald's, dude. Go to McDonald's and be like, "Hey, welcome to McDonald's. How can I take your? Can I take your order?" And then be like, "Be like, yo, can you mix this for me? Can you do? I need you to do this EQ for me. I can't do this. Can I get a yeah. Travis Scott burger? Did you guys see that video? Where the guy pulls up and he, they're like, "Hi, welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you?" And they're like, "He's like, you know what I want." And the guy's like, "Anything else?" <laughs> 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 no, but no, but what about the Hysteria. macro EQ? What is that? All right, so let's say you're mixing a song, as we all have done multiple times. I've never mixed a song. I knew you would say that. Anyways, uh, and there's like... <laughs> I've gotten predictable. Let's say there's about 22 tracks, and 17 out of the 22 tracks need a high boost of some sort, Right? And the other five do not. What macro EQ is, is basically you take your master mix bus and uh, that everything is routed to and you put an EQ on it and you boost the highs on that EQ and then cut highs on the five tracks that didn't need it rather than 17 EQs boosting highs all across the ones that needed it. This not only saves processing power, but it also helps a bit with latency. It just enhances your workflow, helps you go faster. So if I have like 12 tracks and I want eight of them to have a like a high boost, but the other four I don't want them to have it, basically I just sort of set all those to have a output of a bus and put the EQ on that bus? Well, you could, but this is more, this is more like intended for the mix bus. Which is the one that you send all of the tracks to. So your master? Technically, yes, but um, I'm trying to think how to describe this because, you know, in Logic, of course, you have a master fader automatically created. Actually, you have one You have one automatically created in Reason and Studio One as well. And FL I don't know Studio. what you're talking about. I've no, There's no such... I don't think there's any mix bus in Logic. I think it's just... Right. No, like you, you have, have to make it. You have to make the mix bus oh. in all of those... Um, so that's what I'm thinking of, but like, that's where you would put it. I guess you could technically bust all of those things together, but I mean, what would you call that? I don't, I don't know. I just, that's what I do with my, that's what I do with my guitar tracks. Like if I have a bunch of double track guitars and I, they're all like heavily distorted, I take them, set their output to a bus. And then in that bus, I put like an EQ and then I put like the, uh, the wave TGS one, two, three, four, five plugin. And you fiddle with that a little bit, and that's it. All right, all right. Well, yeah, um, that's macro EQ. Wait, so are you supposed to make an EQ, like a mixing bus when you mix something? Like a bus that all the tracks go to? You do not have to. It is not required. But most people do it. Oh, because, I like, they would <laughs> rather put the effects on that mix bus 
rather than the master fader. And there's a few different reasons. One of the reasons has to do with like referencing. It's much easier to like solo, unsolo, like your mix bus compared to the uh, reference track. And just yeah. you don't have to route the reference track to the mix bus. See, what I do is I just record all the tracks and then I mix those with the, like the, you know, and that, and then they all go to the master. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've done in the past too. In the master, I just pull out the hip hop mix. I, I pull up the hip hop master wide preset and just pop that in. Dude, I don't know why. Yes. I used to always Kokuru do. Kokuru uses presets for mastering. I always, use, I always use presets for mastering. I don't know why. Like I always did. So I used to do like the rock EQ because I was like, oh, I'm doing rock music. I better do that. And I used the hip hop one one time and I was like, this sounds really good. And so I just, I do use the hip hop one for all my rock. Like every song that I do, whether it's rock or not, I do the hip hop master because it just sounds so good. Oh boy. Presets. Is that in waves or is that with anything like this logic stock? It's just logic stock. <laughs> you might want to consider trying ozone. That's what I use. What's ozone? It's by Isotope. What is it? It's technically a channel strip. But it has EQ, um, stereo width, and a master limiter. See, sometimes, like sometimes use that in conjunction with a with a tape machine and also like a compression. So what's it called? It's called Ozone. Currently on the ninth edition. There's a free version and there's a paid version. Dang, two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, but people love it. Um, anyways, yeah, people love that and they love Neutron, which is also by Isotope. I've used Waves plugins sometimes for mastering and it's usually like a channel strip. Yeah. Uh, there's one that I do use sometimes though. It's the, um, it's an EQ one. I can't remember the name, but like it, it's, it's really like a really good, like analog style EQ. Right. And I use that sometimes and I use like what I use for the guitars, the TGS one, two, three, four, five. I use that sometimes because I I like the tone it gives to the stuff. There is one plugin I'm thinking about. Waves actually has a thing. It's the Abbey Road TG Mastering Chain, hmm. which is it's on sale right now. It's like seventy bucks, <laughs> but like it's it's basically what it's that's what they like in Abbey Road. Like that's the same. It's a plugin. It's basically what like Queen and all those bands that recorded Abbey Road would use to master their stuff. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, but I mean, everything that Waves makes looks pretty good. Yeah. Also, no surprise it's on sale. I mean, half of Waves plugins are on sale at yeah. any given time. They're always on sale. They're all, that's how they. That's probably how they sell so much, man. They always are on sale with crap. You think that's just a psychological thing? Maybe. Hmm. I think like mastering the thing with me is I just I don't. I don't know. I, I've never had a problem. Like if, I know people are like, oh, you need to learn how to do it without the presets. And I'm like, I know, but I'm 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 putting it off for now. I'm doing the presets. Thank you. Like, I don't know why. I've just never had a point where I've used the preset. I'm like, that doesn't sound good. Huh. I've always put them in. And I mean, you've never noticed because I always send them to you and you're like, <laughs> you you never say like, oh, well, what did I you mean, master I take this? Them at, I take them at face value. <laughs> but like, I mean... With mastering, the important thing is not to overdo it. Yeah. So, uh, macro EQ sounds pretty nice. Really helpful tool. Saves you time. Saves you work. Saves you processing power. We should all do it. My CPU is crap, so that might be useful. 
my CPU is so like awful that uh my my sometimes when I'm recording something in Logic, it'll just sort of like it'll play, but it like the playhead doesn't move. Oh. Yeah, it's my CPU's yeah, that's awful. The worst. I remember that used to I used to have that problem with GarageBand on my grandma's old MacBook when I first started producing in a DAW. And it would like take five seconds for the playhead to catch up. Oh no, mine doesn't even catch up. I have to literally I have to restart logic for it to fix. And then like you and, and yeah. I, for the longest time I had the problem where it would like, you know, I could literally hit a note and it'd be like system overload. Oh. You know. And now I don't have that problem as much anymore, but isn't that because your hard drive is like almost full? Maybe. Could be that. I bet that's it. Cause mine started slowing down when I ran up my final cut library. Ran out of space there. But anyways, yeah, macro EQ could really help us all out. It could be our hero and our savior. Yeah, indeed. But also our enemy. How um, so? <laughs> if it's overdone? I don't know. I mean, I just tried it on a mix recently, and I think it came out pretty good. Can you do it in Reason? Like, it saved me from having to add highs to... No, in Pro Tools. But it, it saved me from but having to add... Can you do it like, in Reason? Yes, of course, of course. Pro Tools more like poop tools. <laughs> True, Pro Tools really? sucks. All right, let's be honest. It's it's uh it's iLock that's that mainly sucks. Yeah, I mean uh, iLock, iLock was, like, is a birthed by the devil. iLock is a shapeshifter and uh, alien. <laughs> the devil himself was like, I hate music producers, so he made iLock to screw yeah. everybody over. <laughs> Billy Corgan was like, I saw it. iLock's a shapeshifter. Impressive. And then Tom Dong's like, No, it's an alien. Of course. To be honest, all of my iLock problems have been solved since I started using a different USB dongle. Like, that was the problem. It was the a dongle, not dongle? the... Uh, That's a funny yeah, word, a dongle. dongle. Yeah. Like, I, I got one sent to me for free, and I just thought, eh, I'll just try the iLock in this and see if it works, and it ended up working. And it has not given me any of the problems that it did. iLock, more like stinky. It's right here in front of me, shining blue. I could open up Pro Tools right now, and it would work. Pro Tools has been around, been around for too long. It needs to go away. Why? Been around since 1989, and it's yes. We listen, all know that. Listen, we all listen, know that. Listen, can I say this? It should have been a sign about Pro Tools' future when the first album recorded on it was the worst Beach Boys album ever made. Beach Boys. I don't listen to the beat. I don't listen to Beach Boys. I listen to the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Tell me why ain't nothing but a heart. Copyright. Copyright. We're going to get a copyright. Because we're so good at singing. It sounds like the original. 100%. Yeah, we're so good. Hey, don't Billy forget, Corgan. guys. Billy. We are We're going to be starting a band. It's going to be a, tri a trio. We're going to go triple platinum in Australia. We're going to play nothing but paper jams. We're going to make everybody listen to our music on Raycons. We're going to do Pikachu impersonations on stage. And we're going to master all of our music with presets. And that has been another episode and of Extra Tom Reverb. DeLong and Billy Corgan. And we're all going to be alien shapeshifters. Alien shapeshifters. No, they're shapeshifters. They're aliens. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You're welcome. Be sure to follow us all on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yes. subscribe to us all on YouTube. Correct. And... Um, Listen to us on Spotify, and we, we got music, by the way. Hey, by the way, did I tell you guys that Timmy actually shouted me out? She liked my 
cover of her song. Dang. How she shout you out? Where? Twitter? I mean, she, yeah, she tweeted at me. I'm gonna look at it. Uh, she replied to my tweet, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Is she single? Hey, it's friend. Hey, hey it's friend. 